for the all important record button and bam, I love it when I see that kind of just works out. Good morning, everyone. It is Thursday and you know what that means. It is trending Thursday. What's trending with you? By the way, you be the trendsetter, do something different, right? Good morning, I am Carol Sue, AKA live, Naughty Bots live from Pickle You, as you can see in the background with two sisters. Hey, good morning, everyone. My name is Janice, AKA Wellness Diva 5.0. It's a beautiful, day in the northeast here and somebody we know is experiencing a puke of snow <laughs> and the only thing I have to worry about today is obviously giving my hairdresser a telephone call so welcome we are so excited to have on as our guest today Helen Rose um, Helen has quite the story the gift of being present so we're going to hop right on into it. Helen, welcome to the Two Sisters podcast. We're excited to have you on today. Awesome. Good morning, Two Sisters. So where I live, I have three mountains that we call Three Sisters. We don't call them Sisters, but we could, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> and the reference I was making to the snow um, before mm. we got on, you said it's puking snow. It's and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's like, it's nice, but not on May long. Um, so obviously we want to get right. We're going to jump right into your story. And I do apologize because I have a couple different screens going up with all your information on it. Um, I love what you said in your, your bio. You believe in the endurance of the human spirit and believes that your believes her journey has given you the voice to share and inspire others who may have traveled along similar paths. So obviously I wanna dive right on into your story and where a gift, the gift of being present comes from. Okay, so I'll give you a quick backstory. I was uh, a child of the foster care system. I was um, shuttled between my birth mother and eight foster homes before I was two and a half years old. And then two and a half, I was placed into a home where um, they did subsequently adopt me at four and a half. Uh, and so uh, there's just so many layers to my story. So not what was I only dealing with the trauma of what went on in um, between my birth mother and those homes. Um, quick example, um, she went to visit me at one of the foster homes and kidnapped me for six weeks. And I guess had hitchhiked up north, uh, Northern Canada you know, really through um, the middle of the night. And I guess I used to have like ter terrific uh, nightmares about big trucks and stuff. So I was a little bit traumatized, I'm assuming, by the time I was two and a half. Um, and so then I went into a home where I think their expectations uh, were different than what they were given. Um, and it was already kind of on the road to dysfunction anyway. My father was an alcoholic. Um, my mother was, um, it was funny after when I was researching the book, um, she uh, was 46 years old and she ended up with two six week olds, an 18 month old and uh, two and a half year old, me, uh, French speaking only. And I think she was just tremendously overwhelmed uh, and it was not a good fit, fit. We couldn't, we didn't, we did not bond not once. So um, I kind of went through my life just really trying to find myself. Um, I struck out on my own when I was 16. 
And it probably took me until I was in my mid forties to realize that I was, I had some stuff I needed to deal with. So that's where the gift of being present came in was through all that healing that I've worked on. And um, I recognized that the story needed to mean something. So that's why I do what I do is because I would love to be able to, I love to be able to help people uh, deal with their, their journeys. Wow. That that's so incredibly impactful. And I can't even man, um, can't even fathom coming from that spot and, but getting to that point where you recognize that wow, I really, I need to deal with some shit here. Yeah. I don't even think it was at that point. I think all along, I was always looking, 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 looking. And of course, when we look, we look out rather than look in. So, um, you know, kind of the final hammer was when um, I caught my husband having an affair and that it really just leveled me. And uh, that was at the point where I thought, okay, this is ridiculous. There's got to be somewhere, some peace. So I think I was aware of it kind of all along that something wasn't right, but I just simply did not know what to do with it. So I guess the question that certainly pops into my mind is that in that pivotal point, how did you go about doing that? I mean, because a lot of people I think say, okay, I'm in a mucky muck, but like, what do I do? Yeah. And, and that is exactly it, Janice. People are in a muckety muck all the time and not realizing, and they're looking for their peace or their happiness somewhere, whatever that looks like. If they're, even if they're not looking for peace and happiness, they're certainly trying to run away from that pain they're experiencing. So what I did was in, you know, I mean, I'm not a religious person, but I'll tell you the universe kind of steers you where you need to go sometimes. And you just really need to pay attention. So one of the things that I did was I actually went to a therapist and I, you know, I hear it all the time where people are like, well, therapists don't help. And it's like, yeah, yeah, they do. You have to be honest with yourself in order for them to help you. Right. Mm -hmm. So I so think true. that, yeah, I mean, that is so true. And, and really coming to that realization, you know, as you go through that journey, that self-awareness and posture enough to say, you know what, I gotta let my guard down. You know, I don't want to live like this. I've got all these things going on in my life, all these different directions, all these kind of tragedies in, in, in one, one way or another that leads to the next. And if I keep on this path, I'm going to derail, I need help. Yeah. So I think that's so important that you actually came to that conclusion because a lot of people do not. Yeah, it's true. Um, absolutely right. And you know, what happens though, is when you're in your pain body, which people we call this pain body, what happens is you're not noticing the good that's in your life. I mean, my goodness, if it were always, you know, the worst thing drama after a while, you got to start taking some responsibility. There was lots of happy in my life that I didn't necessarily see uh, until I started doing um, some self um, self discovery. And that's really an important aspect of that journey, because perhaps it obviously it led you where to where you are now, but it I'm sure the discovery path of that in itself was therapeutic and you're wanting to the business that you're in now of helping 
coaching others through perhaps similar journeys or a different journey, but the same type of emotional impact. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's really important to know that we all have those, those emotions. Um, and, you know, uh, you, it's easy to pick the low hanging fruit of glad, sad, mad, happy, but underneath all of there is something. And so if you can get to that something, you know, whatever the thing is, is where you're feeling fearful of something is really look and discover what it is you're really scared of, or you're afraid of, or all of that. And, you know, once you start doing that and you're getting really in tune with your own emotions, it's just so freeing. It really, it doesn't mean that you don't feel those things. What it means is that you can control how you react to those things. Not easy work. And, you know, right. And, and I think one of the, the paramount pieces to all of this, and I think for anyone that doesn't even go through a, a tragedy or multiple tragedies, just as you did, the point being that we are super, you know, once we realize we're never really in control uh, in the sense of, you know, the outside world, but the two things that we are in control is actions and how we react. And that really comes into a place of being, you know, as you touched upon, you know, being in the present and really understanding, you know, where you're at, embrace it, love it, get the help and own it to a certain degree, but you've got to peel like we're an onion. You got to peel all those layers of just different things that happen to not only, you know, our mindset, but our physical being, uh, it really deters the human, the humanness of a person when they go through so many heartaches. Yeah. And, you know, to your point about being in control, we really are only con in control of what's standing in front of us. We're not in control of other people. We're not in control how other people think about us or really. Um, uh, I, I went to um, Al-Anon, which is the um, support group for families of alcoholics. And I did that when I was 50 years old. You did too, Carol Sue? Yeah. And so yes, I, I, have a, I have a son. I have a son that's uh, in recovery. And, uh, you know, part of that journey for me to really understand uh, the whole picture and really the whole disease was to, you know, participate. And I think a lot of people, regardless of whether it's recovery, whether it's depression, whether it's tragedies, abuse, whatever it may be, the, the real key piece in my mind is that the people that you love and support get involved in such a way so you can understand more so you can be more, not only just that support but understand things and be more helpful and mindful of different things because there's i'm sure a lot of triggers as i'm sure you have as well oh absolutely and one of the things is when you i, I always tell people is when you find yourself in a, a situation that you don't know what to do instead of trying to take control of it and change it is let it go it you know, it always comes back to you. The answer will always come back to you. Just let it go. You don't need to control. Um, certainly, I'm not talking about if someone's attacking you, but I mean, uh, generally speaking, you know what I mean? It's like, just, just give it up and let it figure itself out. And it always does without fail. It has never, ever failed um, anyone I know that's gone, okay. Right. It's also important to recognize that you're always dealing with someone else's crap, too. You know, it's like, I hate to tell you, but you're just not that special. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And the creative process of coming to that point and the realization of needing help, getting that help and learning to 
take control of your actions because we we always talk about for every action there's a reaction you know it doesn't matter what's going on around me i'm in the gift of being right here and i control my emotions and and what i do when i do it and how i do it what are some when you were going through your how do i ask this question when you were going through your therapy and you're, you're realizing that you know, there's certain things that I want to do and I want to accomplish, but sometimes those things when you are going through therapy do creep back in. What are some tips that you used to get you past that? Not that you're ever past it by any means, but to move you forward to where you want to be in the present. Um, such a good question. So what I do a lot of work with um, inner child. So I always have little Helen. Um, and I think that when you've gone through a trauma like that, there is a time when you just kind of suspend your emotional intelligence or your emotional growth. And so one of the things is when you're being triggered, it's easy to go back to that little chaos troll uh, of being two and a half. Well, we all know that two and a half year olds, as cute as they are, should never really be in charge, especially when you're in your mid fifties, because it, A, you'd look ridiculous and you're completely out of control, right? So one of the things that I did is I did some fabulous, um, okay, so, oh my gosh, there's so much to all of this. So I remember when I first was seeing my therapist, she said to me, you know, Helen, it's really easy to be a victim. And I remember thinking, you it's like look what happened to me and it's like oh poor me and all this stuff yes all that stuff but it's not happening to me now so what happens is when you when you're triggered um and you and to your point janice you will always be triggered what this what what i do is i, I literally will take in the beginning would take my little self's hand and go you know what we've got this, you're okay. But one of the things that, that I discovered was I did some breath work with a wonderful woman out of Calgary, Carrie Cust. She does, she does uh, one of, works in one of my programs with me. She does this breath work and she took me and, and the other key, the other tip is to embrace being vulnerable. But she took me to a place where I was literally standing in the middle of nowhere, dark, dark, dark room. And my little girl was there. And do you know that I couldn't even get my little self to come out and let me put my arm around her? If this makes any sense, if anyone's done this work, they get it. Right. And so it hit me like just boom was she didn't even trust me. And so that equals, I didn't even trust me in any decision. I still struggle with it today. And on major decisions, it takes me forever to do what I know I need to do because it's that fear of stepping into what may not be. Now, you don't have to live a traumatized life to have that fear. We see it quite often in couples and women that have been married for 30 years and are immeasurably happy. And they just give up because they can't seem to take that step forward into what could be. Hmm. So, so true. And I, and I think too, um, you know, paramount to what you said, that you have continued on with your therapy. And so many people think, okay, I've got to, you know, three months of it, bam, I'm done. What do you think, Jan? I mean, they kind of like shortchange themselves. Well, yes. And, and obviously, um, from what, from what you were talking about, Helen, um, 
the process of going through therapy, and, and I'm speaking from the heart, obviously from personal experience, is always still very vulnerable and raw and placing those certain mechanisms or coping different ways to get through that because we never get over that, but we wanna live our life to the fullest. And I think it's important to pause for reflection, maybe look back, not for too long. I always yeah. say not for too long because you do get stuck in that muckety muck and there's just so much that we want to accomplish and going forward is paramount. Um, it's true. And one of the things that I love to hear the most and I, that I don't love to hear, but I hear it all the time is people are like, well, aren't you over that yet? And it's like, okay, well, let's just unpack what over that yet means. It's like, um, uh, of course I'm over it. I mean, I'm not a, you know, laying in the street in a puddle every day, but there are times when I get triggered about stuff. Just ask my kid, my son. I mean, there are times when uh, he just is like, your mom, no one's going to abandon you. Right. And so, um, I, I think he doesn't understand it because it wasn't his journey. I'm not criticizing it at all. I mean, he has his own stuff. I mean, I, he was my son, he has his own stuff. Right. But, um, thankfully when he was younger, I used to say to him, if he was upset, okay, you come on, let's talk about this. And now when he wants to talk about it, it just drives me crazy because I don't want to talk about it. Like, get away from me. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing, right? It's like, um, you do get stuck in it and you just, the trick is to realize, oh, okay, am I being triggered here? Am I really have to go into survival mode? Probably not is most of the answers, right? And, um, but that's where people get stuck. They think that they're still in that um, need to protect themselves. Right. And sometimes protection mode, although, again, just speaking from my experience, protection mode is safe. Yeah, I want to be vulnerable to experience life, even though it can be kind of scary. Yeah. And I mean, you need to be vulnerable, especially in your interpersonal relationships. You need to be vulnerable in order to show that you're human you know what i mean like you just see these people that are kind of look like they're bulletproof you can always pick out the one you know it's the ones that are uh the super always super happy people those are to me those are warning signs that they're trying are they people pleasing are they truly i, I for me honestly when i see someone that's always that super happy i'm like huh you know uh, you don't try to put that coach brain on all the time because it's maybe they just are super happy people, but it raises alarm bells for me for sure. Right. And you brought up a really good point about being happy. Um, because I just, for instance, whenever, um, Pharrell Williams song, because I'm happy and it typically comes out when I'm kickboxing, I have a my kickboxing little studio on the other side of the house and i'm just like okay and you know i'm kicking the bag and i'm punching it and it makes you feel so good carol sue obviously because we're happy right and you're happiest when you're on the pickleball court i am i'm literally here live we got people playing in the background and uh, that's one of the things that i absolutely love about our two sisters podcast is it travels with me it goes wherever i am 
And I'm also sharing with others about, you know, we're obviously sharing about fitness, health, wellness, getting, getting happy. And how do you do that? Uh, when I was young, I read a book. Well, you should say young, young, younger, young, as a young mom, I had read a book, The Presence. And I actually was on a religious retreat. And it was just an interesting book because it goes through all of that. And when you first hear this title, you're automatically thinking of a pretty box wrapped with bows. And the true message of the story is the journey of life. And that part of that journey is being in the present because that's the real present to other people is your presence, your, your vulnerability, your triumphs, your failures, because that means that you're relatable, you're human. Uh, I don't know of one person that is perfect in this world right now. We all have vulnerabilities. We all have different journeys, pivots, divots. And we've had to, especially over the last year, three months, have had to make some major adjustments. And I think it's paramount, obviously, because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. But I think what's also paramount is really talking about it and making sure that the stigma of these tragedies and seeking help and getting therapy and being in the present moment, good, bad, or indifferent, are part of the journey and it's okay. And I think this last year and three months has really brought to light those that really need that weekly or daily comfort, that need that therapy, that need to reach out because what we went through really shine the light on how many people have just layers. They're just this onion and layers of tragic things that happen in their life or journeys. And what happens when you're in the moment and in, in the present moment, you start to recall, you know, what happened to you and or realize, gosh, I need help. And when you're in that moment, in that present moment, that's when you say, you know what, I've got to embrace it. But I also can't do this alone. And I think that's also a key piece to being in the present and saying, you know what, it's okay. I cannot do this alone. I need help. I need that comfort. I need that touch. I need that hug to tell me it's going to be okay. And then, you know, kind of release it. But it's a journey. It's a whole process for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, one of the uh, things I do in one of my workshops is that is I have a box. So what we do is we go back. Um, and, and to Janice's point earlier, um, you, you can you can go back, but please don't stay there because you're actually going forward. I heard that somewhere. I thought it was brilliant. But one of the things that we do at this little box is we put in all the experiences and it doesn't have to be the most horrible. And so what happens, though, it becomes uh, you become aware of what you've uh, grieved, which is also the thing I talk about the most is grief. And so when you've recognized that, that it was really painful, um, it almost gives you permission to be mad, glad, sad, happy, whatever. So do it, wallow in poo for a while, and then pick yourself up and let's go and stop comparing your grief to someone else's. I think that's what we do. Yes. I, when you said that, I was like, I felt that because whenever you go through something that's very traumatic, like you said, like when you were referring to happy people, sometimes there's a facade behind that. Mm -hmm. And when I finally realized that I could no longer hold up that facade, you know, sometimes it takes others. It took me a very long time to get to that realization, but 
I'm looking back now momentarily, but with gratitude that there were certain things that I had to go through to get to that point. Absolutely. And you know, the thing, the piece about gratitude, the other G word is grief, gift and gratitude. Um, the, the last thing you should do if someone's is standing in their pain and they're grieving at that moment for whatever it is, whether you understand it or not, you have to respect it, but it's not the time to go. Uh, okay. So here's my example. So it's like, Oh my gosh, I have the most beautiful family, my son, my daughter-in-law, my, my grandchildren. I have amazing network of friends. I live my dream life. I really do. I, I love my life. Right. But in my moments of when I'm really dealing with the crap that keeps, you know, popping up every once in a while, um, the worst thing you can do is say to someone, oh, well, look what you have, because it's not about that. It's about slogging through that mud to get to the point where you're not carrying it in here. Yes, I'm grateful for what I have, but you need to honor your grief and you need to honor your emotions. This is the problem people have is they don't. And we don't honor others' emotions as well. Whether that we understand, you know, the thing that I talk about a lot too is grief is when someone loses a pet. Um, I, it drives me crazy when people go, well, it was just a dog. Well, you know what? Some people's dogs are their lifeline. Some people have tremendous love for their animals. And because you don't or whatever, you're just trying to minimize it. Um, you diminish that person's pain. And you know what happens? They shut down. And um, I think to your point earlier, Carol Sue, when you're saying with the last year and, and three months, people are just kind of in this mode of antip anticipatory grief. They don't know what their future is. I mean, I'm not saying embrace COVID. Like we're all done. We all have COVID fatigue. We're done. I see Carol Sue's like waving to say. I'm like, bye-bye, bye-bye yeah. virus, like be gone. Yeah, <laughs> but, and the thing is, it's not. So do you stand and you, and you, uh, uh, there are some real big fears for sure for people's businesses. Um, domestic abuse has spiked all of those things. Um, people are really struggling. And I think, um, you know, for our generation, it's really our first wartime experience. It's not war, but it's war kind of biological it's some kind of stuff going on you know what I'm trying to say but so I think we're we've had a very nice life and so when when we don't have control and we don't like being told what to do and you I mean you can see it all over the world with people's different opinions and all of that really it's just reacting to their fears yes and I think when something is fear-based <laughs> excuse me and I know um, just to kind of a little sidebar of that when things or information is kind of molded to fit a certain narrative, that's where a lot of the fear I think comes up. Now I'm certainly not an expert in that field, but from what you had just said about, you know, seeing, you know, on social media or on different, you know, news organizations, you know, certain things going on and, um, you know, things that have happened in, in the U.S. I mean, it's no wonder why <laughs> mental health has really risen. And like you said, the, you know, um, domestic abuse. Um, People you know, sitting in their home with their spouses going, um, I actually don't like you. 
you know, and I haven't for a long time, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Like it's stuff like that. And never mind the fact that some people have to sit in their own skin. And if you aren't comfortable with sitting in your own skin, oh boy, are you in trouble? And absolutely the, and what I love is that we get to live in the time right now in the present where mental health is being recognized as being real. And we're trying to honor it for people. So true. All, all good things, great things. And I love the fact that we're chatting about this for, you know, for, for, for multiple reasons. I think mental health awareness is not talked enough about. It's almost like a, for a lot of people, it's a taboo subject. And I think what's happening over the last year and three months is that we're breaking that mold. We're cracking that brick. We're punching through those walls and saying, you know what? Uh, we're suffering. A lot of people are suffering. And we have to acknowledge that, embrace it, encourage people to seek the help and or even if it's just taking that first step of talking to a friend talking to a family person get it off your chest because otherwise i think a lot of people over the last year and three months have felt stuck stuck in like you said stuck in their own skin stuck in their own house looking at their four walls and i think it's paramount that we bring it to the forefront and i'm so so incredibly blessed that we have guests like you on here that not only can share their journey of heartache, but you know, that you saw light on the other tunnel. How would our viewers and or listeners get in touch with you, Helen? Uh, so you can shoot me an email at Helen at the gift of being present.com, or you can go to my website, the gift of present being, uh, sorry, the gift of being present.com and just shoot me a thing. And I would love to talk to you uh, just about your journey. And if you're ready to move forward. And the, I think that's the trick that I'm not, I don't wave a magic wand. I don't have a magic pill. I'm not going to blow fairy dust on you. It's really hard work. And I think it's really important that people understand that the work, when you get to the other side, you look back and you're so damn proud of yourself. I never, when I was a young girl, would ever have thought that I would be living my dream life. I just kind of was always stumbling around figuring it out. I mean, I make it sound like I was a complete mess, but I, I wasn't, but inside there were times that I were. So, I mean, if that speaks to a listener, then get, shoot me a call when you have a really honest conversation about what the work that needs to be done the payoff is crazy good i love when i see my clients do it they text me at all hours of the night oh my god i had you know they have these epiphanies or they they've done something they're really proud of that is when i know that that i what i'm doing is right wow that is so amazing thank you for sharing that and obviously we will make sure that and i have your clickable links that will go below um, the live of this video and will be uploaded, of course. And on that note, we just want to thank you so much for sharing your heartfelt journey. Um, we're so glad that you are now, now a part of the two sisters family and thank you so much. We hope you will definitely come on again. I will most definitely come on again. I love to talk. <laughs> Um, but thank you so much. I, you know, thank you for letting me uh, share my story again. And I'm glad that, you know, Carol Sue, you're uh, in the sun. And Janice, I don't know what your weather is like, but I'm going to be in my house for the rest of the day. <laughs> With all the snow outside. Oy. With all the snow. Yeah, it's fine. It's actually beautiful. I'm just trying to be a smart ass. But thank you so much. It was so nice to meet you. And yep, now we're in the in the world together. And I love it.
That's wonderful. On that note, thank you again. My name is Janice, AKA, blah, 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 AKA Wellness Diva 5.0, and I am with two sisters. And this is Carol Sue, AKA Naughty Boss, live from Pickle U in Vero Beach, Florida. You guys have a great day. You be the trendsetter. You go out and you just do something good for other people. Pass the kindness on, and we will see you tomorrow on Friday for Fantabulous Friday. Have a great day, everyone. Bye, everyone.